podcast the only podcast out there that gives you the best in alternative music and of course the best in um mainstream and hopefully winning golf betting tips uh, my name is martin matthews and um as you probably know by now you'll find me at sundog monkey on twitter and um of course at the golf alternative podcast uh on twitter as well so um Without further ado, I'm going to invite this week's guest in to join us, and I'm delighted um, to say that um, he's he's been willing to come back for a second time, so hopefully we're doing something right. Um, ben Cody is with me again this evening. Ben, good evening. Thank you so much for coming on, and how are you keeping? Hi, Martin. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Not too bad. Um, could probably do with a winner, but you know what? We can't control these things, so yeah. Um, otherwise, otherwise, fine. I was in better form for the first one, anyway. In fact, you could argue your podcast spelled the start of a bad run, but I'm not. I'm not holding you responsible. <laughs> right. Well, let, let's hope it might be. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, uh, the symbol that turns it back around again and gets uh, gets you back uh, back on the winning trail. I, I, I know from my point of view, it's been. Uh, I think uh, if we listen back to when you were last on, um, I'd probably say exactly the same thing now that I said then, which it seems to be sort of week after week of near misses and frustration. I was actually, I mean, my profit and loss for the season has barely moved in the last two months uh, because I keep just picking sort of um, players that uh, uh, are around 50 to one and look like they've got a great chance of winning, you know, like Shane Lowry or Cameron Champ yesterday. And, and then they um, uh, just fall at the last and, uh, and I get my money back each week. So uh, <laughs> something's got something's got to turn soon anyway. So, um, and uh, yeah, it was another of those weeks for me with um, uh, Cameron Champ uh, uh, over in Mexico. And this is as good as a mile. And yeah, we were grateful for some place money. Um, how did you enjoy that event, Ben? Um, you, you a welcome addition to the calendar for you? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, um, I, I, before you'd added that last bit, I was going to say not very much um, because I never really got a look at the winner. So obviously in, in some respects, it was nice to, personally, I put up Tony Finau, obviously finished tied second, nine shots behind at halfway. You're obviously happy to get the, the place money, lost a couple of points on the week, no disaster at all. Um, and then suddenly as well, you get the other side of it, which is, you know, you, whenever you put up the best player in the field from tee to green, um, it feels a bit frustrating if they lose by a shot. Um, but, mm. you know, who knows? If he'd have potted well the first two rounds, he probably wouldn't have had that weekend. So it, it just the way it goes. Ultimately, it's a 72-hole game, isn't it? But, uh, yeah. yeah, the tournament itself, I didn't mind the course. I, I didn't love it. Um, but, you know, um, it's nice to see tournaments taking place outside mainland America, uh, indeed outside America. Um, and and it's nice to see John Rahm win. Um, and probably one of those that if he'd needed to reach 18 or 19 under... Uh, he would have done so. Yeah, uh, the the right man won. Yeah, um, I mean, he looked he looked the winner all, all all things up from day one, didn't he? And he's got um, as I think several people alluded to yourself, no doubt as well at the beginning of the week. He's got a record uh, of delivering in these tournaments when he's a, a jolly, particularly over in, in in Europe. You know, in Spain, he's done it. Um, uh, you'll remember than I do, I do but uh, he's done it suddenly once, if not twice. But um, uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was he certainly wasn't plain sailing, was it? He looked uh, vulnerable at times on both. Um, uh, Saturday certainly and Sunday, but uh, uh, the guys who were on his tail, uh, Champ obviously um, had the um, shocker on the eighth yesterday, which pretty much put paid to his chances. And uh, uh, Kitayama just looked like he had that sort of one big, uh, one big loose one off the tee, as it were. And um, yeah, so uh, it uh, it wasn't. It was just for minor things. It was just a frustrating week all round. So I got my money back with with Champ all, all but, but um, I had Reed as well who. Uh, uh, went very much the wrong way on Sunday. Um, 
for those those who listened to the pod last week, uh, you'll remember that uh, uh, I gave Martin Trainer a very strong uh, strong mention, and I do know of one regular listener who backed him for the extra twelve places at two hundred and fifty to one with. Um, uh, Sky bet as a result of that. Uh, so uh, in the end, I was glad uh, he glad he came eleventh because I'd have been a bit gutted if he'd come tenth. <laughs> but uh, um, so uh, it's uh, uh, yeah, just one of those weeks for me. And um, I, I believe reading your your um, your stuff over the last twenty four hours, it was uh, a little bit frustrating on the Spanish front all round because uh, our house was um, very much on your radar as well over in Spain, I believe. Yeah, and and not only that, um, you know, Laurie Cantor spurned a, a great opportunity. I was I was dreadfully hungover on Sunday, which is not common for me. Uh, and I woke up and I from another sort of mini nap and refreshed my phone, and he started Birdie Birdie Eagle, um, and I didn't even turn it on because I, I felt so awful, and obviously I was very very happy. Um, yeah. And then I, I looked it. I turned it on when he was playing the. He played the ninth and he got within one shot. And then I watched him play the 10th and double bogey and just thought, yeah, that's that's that. And then I did turn back on for the last four holes. And and when he had an eagle putt on the 15th, I'll be honest, I thought he was going to win. So um, it's tough, but, you know, you can't you can't back them all, can you? And, and Arnaus had just not played well enough the previous week. But um, I, I've said it to you and I, I said it in a couple of my previews. And I suppose that's the real frustration that... Um, if you just follow the best Spanish golfers in Spanish tournaments, you win. Um, um, yeah. And that, that's been true, you know, through all the Sergio, Sergio Garcia's dominance at Valderrama, but also Lorathabal winning in Spain last week, mm. Arnaus this week, Cabrera Bayo at 66 is beating Arnaus in a playoff. And I was on Arnaus then as well. So he's been a bit of a frustrating one because I'm, I'm a big, big fan. I think he's, um, I think he's probably going to kick on from this and be on that Ryder Cup team, to be honest with you. So, uh, Onwards and upwards for him, and, and hopefully for the tips as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do do you have to ask you one last question? I asked sort of um, pity party for last week. <laughs> do you uh, do you do you play DK at all? Do you throw a few dollars at that um, on regular weeks, or just sort of one offs at the majors, or do you regularly have a little dabble each week at all? Or? I, I don't play at all now. I retired from it in front, which is not a a, a humble brag, um, mm. but it's um, I I did. So the reason I don't play it is not that I've not done okay from it um mm. but i found it increasingly difficult particularly in europe where i thought the edge was really because mm. obviously dominated by by people who play from the states and uh, i found it very very difficult because the players i put in my previews and i don't just mean the official selections but also the ones yeah. i mention they yeah. tend to be higher owned and therefore course, you, yeah, yeah. you find yourself in a difficult position i was almost having to select other players and therefore yeah. that you feel slightly disingenuous so i, I just yeah. given it up totally to be honest with you but no, um, fair, fair you, you were close i gather is that right uh yes <laughs> um, i mean i do i mean i i mean you know let's uh, I appreciate that money all adds up but I'm, I'm like sort of two two or three five dollar teams a week or something like that so um it's certainly not uh Big, big potatoes as it were but obviously it, all, it would all add up if you're losing every week needs to say but uh, I do manage to sort of do do okay and probably you know I'm sure I do come out behind on it but it's sort of a bit like playing playing the lottery and um you, you sort of think one week your numbers are going to come up and uh, uh I was um 56th going into yesterday uh on the sort of um 50k first uh prize game with 
50 odd thousand entries something like that and uh, i was on about 150 dollars i think going into it but um uh, I thought, okay, well, if I can go up a few places, it'll be four figures, and who knows if it goes my way, it'll be, uh, uh, you know, a, re a really big win. And um, in, in the end, I think um, Rama, who was in the team, obviously was the only one who made a positive move forward, and uh, I ended up in about place two thousand five hundred and getting fifteen dollars back for my for my five dollars, which was a win, obviously. So I can't complain, but. Uh, um, I looked at the guy who I think won it in the end, and he had a uh, um, he had Brandon Wu and David Litsky who were a combined minus fifteen in his team yesterday. So uh, you sort of think, God, I could do one of those weeks for DraftKings one week, but um, um, yeah, maybe one time on on the uh, the million dollar week or something like that. But um, I'm sure you'll get it. I mean, I, my best win on DraftKings came in the Hong Kong Open in about 2017, and I think my team was like. All of them are in the top ten, and you, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it, you, you almost need that for some of the bigger games, obviously. And 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 I guess my and again, I'm not like you said, it's it's a great way to look at it that you you throw in a little bit into the lottery, and and you know, one week if it if it clicks, then then great. It's just I yeah. I find it a bit frustrating when hard work is sort of undermined by um, things that are a little bit too volatile to predict, yeah, like birdie yeah. streaks and stuff like that. But then also yeah. like, oh well, I you think you've found one, and then someone else has got the same team or whatever you know it's all those things whereas if you just on normal sports book betting uh, apart from price changes obviously um we can all win like if we all back uh, the same player this week and he wins at under two on then everybody wins rather than just one person so yeah no that, that, that makes sense uh, I'll, I'll keep um i can say i'll just to, to take it a bit like a lottery and uh, obviously i'm never going to win fifty thousand or a hundred thousand or a million dollars or whatever on a on a regular golf bet because i would never take that much so uh, i suppose i just sort of roll roll the dice as i say for 10 15 dollars a week and hope hope that one week um someone's smiling on me but um um anyway yeah so to finish off our, our recap as, as everyone uh, uh knows we uh, run the music playlist alongside uh uh, obviously the golf talk that you can listen to afterwards on um spotify when i'll share that out and i think we're both going to have a song for um uh what went on last week and uh, i think your first pick is um about um having uh just uh, just just missed out as it were so what have you got for us for your first uh, song song ben yeah um be bearing in mind everything we just said about a, a pretty close week i've got mr boat by modest mouse who are uh, one of my favorite bands have been for a long time and um i'm actually really like their latest album which i'm a long long way behind in terms of catching up with but this is from one of their much older albums and it's uh yeah it's a really cool song if, if you've not heard modest mouse before i think it's a a nice introduction to them um and yeah missing the boat obviously applies to our now so it applies to canter it applies to fee now it applies yeah. to golf betting doesn't it <laughs> yeah absolutely so well my, well my song to sit alongside um your uh your modest mouse selection is um uh, i thought um fairly appropriate particularly the nature of the course we had in mexico and obviously with two spanish winners um i'm gonna put uh, spanish bombs by the clash uh so we're going back a few years there but um those who, who know the clash uh obviously back in the 70s will know uh uh the, the song spanish bombs and um i just thought uh yeah we had plenty of spanish bombs out in the uh mexico this week and uh obviously our now sir certainly uh uh gives it a good uh good biff off the tee as well so uh it seemed seemed appropriate for the two winners so it's uh, spanish bombs by the clash to uh start things off for me on the on the playlist this week so uh so we head on anyway and um we will now get much more positive because we're we're going to talk through how we've uh, i'm sure got a uh, three-figure price winners between us because i think uh, we, we've both taken a bit of a view ben this week that um uh, whilst we're on different players uh, 
we're certainly rolling the dice a little bit. I know you've got a couple of shorter price guys in there, but uh, you're certainly chancing your arm with some longer price ones as well. So, uh, and it's the Wells Fargo Championship. And um, of course, this year, the event moves away from Quail Hollow uh, for the one year only because um, it's uh, Quail Hollow is going to be hosting the President's Cup later in the year. So it's obviously being prepared for that. So we head to... Um, Somewhat bizarre. I don't know if Wells Fargo, I don't know if you know this, Ben, I've got some kind of a link to the Maryland area because I assumed we'd be on another course in North Carolina with their headquarters sort of being in the Charlotte area. But uh, uh, we're heading on up to Maryland to TPC Potomac at Avenal, um, which is a course that uh, last graced our screens for the Quicken Loans Championship in 2017 and 2018. Uh, it's a past 70, measuring just over 7,100 yards and um from what um what, what what we saw of it uh back in 2017 2018 if i tell you that francesco molinari and ryan armor were the first two home in uh, 2018 um and brian gay was also in the top 10 as was andrew landry uh and um, um abraham answer who uh, we'll be talking about more in a bit and then in 2017 Carl Stanley got the job done. Um, the likes of Keegan Bradley were in the top 10 as well. Uh, I think it pretty much tells us um, what, what we need to know about the course, would you say, Ben? Are, are we looking at sort of a straight, is a, so basically a polar opposite to last week? Would that be your view? Yeah, um, I wouldn't quite say polar opposite, but but definitely uh, a, a different skill set if it plays as it did then. Um, obviously, we had fairly contrasting conditions across those two renewals mm. and, and the rain that sort of, added a dramatic uh, element to the final day in 2017 or remember mm. Sun Kang not having any rain gear and yeah, yeah. also all sorts of fun and games at the end of that tournament um uh, but it, and yet fundamentally very very similar certainly the way the winners did it I think um, both of them led the field in greens and ranked top four in driving accuracy a sort of you know 10 years ago that was just the the old school classic ball strikers track obviously mm. now we've got the strokes gain data um, but actually I felt that told us the same thing really and I, I, I wrote in my preview that Molinari okay he did put well but Molinari won by eight shots he mm. could have been 70th in putting and won that tournament. Uh, and Carl Stanley did lose ground on the greens. He, he negative strokes game putting return for the week. So yeah. if you say that both renewals could have been won by a poor putter, mm. um, that's quite um, quite interesting. And and yeah, it seems like a pretty relentless test of hitting good shots. Um, yeah. Not not too much thought. Um, just the other thing I'd say on the course is quite interesting that the the front nine is a, a good 270 yards longer than the back nine. A lot of that comes from the second hole, which is a par nice. five, which could be out of even Rory's reach. Yeah, um, yeah. But the back nine's got a little bit more about it in terms of variety and, and probably scorability as well. So it might just be a case of holding tight and then making some birdies coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like you, I saw that um, six six hundred and fifty yards, six hundred forty yards is it the uh, second hole? So uh, that, uh, like, like you say, um, uh, it's going to be uh, you know maybe the very biggest of hitters will, will be able to get there. But um, it, it certainly looks looks to me, of course, you've got to plot your way around. Uh, did, did you ever play um, changing tact ever so slightly? Did you ever play any Sega Golf back in the day, or was that before your time? Because Avenal was on the uh, the old Sega Golf along with the uh, Sawgrass. Uh, I don't know if you ever come across that before. On, on uh, I'm afraid I didn't. No, I could no. play any game, any of the Tiger Woods PlayStation series. I probably played all of those, but you know, Wolf Creek no. a thousand times, but never never. 
never Potomac. I wish I had now because it would have given me a head start on research. Yeah, no. I, well, I, I've not played it for about uh, uh, 25 years or something like that. So I'm uh, going going back a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, it'll be an interesting test anyway. And um, moving on uh, to the betting market, uh, we've got a similar situation to last week, really, in that uh, we had one player dominating the market last week in, uh, uh, obviously, John Rahm. Uh, this week, uh, we have uh, another player dominating the market in the shape of um, uh, Rory McIlroy, who is here uh, defending his title, obviously, but um, otherwise, whether he would be here or not, I don't know, but he's, he's defending a title that he won on uh, a track that uh, he loves, and, and now he's on a track which... Um, you know, obviously, he's the best player in the field, so he can win anywhere, but uh, you wouldn't necessarily think would be right up his street. Uh, so he's available at a general 15 to 2, 7 to 1. Um, then you've got Corey Connors, uh, who certainly looks a good fit for the course, but would you want to back him at 20 to 1? Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, um, ditto at 22s. Uh, Tony Finau at 20s, 22s again. Uh, and um, that's pretty much it under the 30 to 1 mark. Uh, then you uh, get to the likes of Hatton, Leishman, Woodland, and uh, Answer. Uh, the weather forecast, I don't know if you had a glance the weather forecast, Ben, but it looks like we might get sort of cooler conditions at the weekend with a bit of rain and possibly some wind picking up. So that might um, might be a little bit of a factor over over the weekend as, as well. I don't know if you've yeah, seen that. Yeah, and, and if the rain does come in, I mean, <clears throat> this course has had all sorts of problems down the years and particularly with drainage and it can play really soft at times. I don't mm. think it's ever played as firm as they like it. Um, if it, if yeah. it does, you know, um, I, I guess it's a bit of a double-edged sword in terms of it might help some of the shorter hitters but they've not had too many problems here anyway but yeah it's um it can get pretty soft and obviously that that will suit rory um yeah but um yeah he's, he's got to find comfort away from uh, quail hollow which is the big challenge here for sure for sure uh and before we sort of completely um move on from uh uh, last week and short price favourites and um, Roy a little bit like uh, Rahm, um, uh, obviously as a short price favourite. Our one last nod to John Rahm. I believe you have a, um, a song uh, showing, well, not maybe not your affection for John Rahm, but a song, a song of affection for John Rahm to wrap up uh, last week's uh, thoughts with on the musical front. Yeah, um, I've actually got two here. I think we might have we might have miscommunicated, but I'll, you can you can be the judge if one of them needs to go. But um, <laughs> that, that's fine by me. People can look up the other song. I, I've gone for "Marry Me" by St Vincent. Um, a, a fairly crowbarred effort to get St Vincent in. I'm a, a big big yeah. fan um, of Annie Clark. Um, but the hook line to this song, which is from her first album, um, is "Marry Me, John, Marry Me, John." So I thought that was a, a good enough tie um, to last week's event. Um, and uh yeah a, a good excuse to get uh, st vincent on the playlist the other one and this is really stretching the boundaries uh, now um was broken social scene um they've got a song um called seven four shoreline and it's written seven slash four um and that's about the price john ron was after one round and as i say that now i can't believe i've been uh, brazen enough to throw that in because really has no other link to golf whatsoever. So if you want to no, lose one, Martin, lose that. But no, they're both great you're, songs. You're, you're the guest, Ben, and um, what the guest uh, wants goes in. Otherwise, you might not come back again. So uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll have them both. Um, uh, we'll get we'll get them both in there. And um, yeah, it's uh, good. Uh, some good picks. So uh, yeah, quite happy to have them both in there. So uh, 
because uh, after all, if I always say that the, the guest, the guest's musical choice is sort of what makes the music side of this. Because obviously, if I was just picking the music each week, we'd probably just have a, a bunch of sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, early '90s guitar bands uh, playing sort of um, uh, shoe, shoegaze type music. Or <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure the listeners will get a little bit bored. So I appreciate the variation. Uh, uh, it, it's what it needs. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll get them both in there. So. Um, Picks. Let's move on to the picks, and uh, I'll let I'll let you lead off with your first two because you've gone for a couple of uh, guys who are both at the um, uh, same or similar odds, and um, yeah. So I'll let you cover off both of those to start with, and one that I was very closely thinking about as well, to be fair. So yeah. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I thought basically everyone from twenty to forty to one was really interesting. Um, kind of felt like it's it's one of those fields that like field strength wise we are slightly up on last week but i yeah. i don't fear the favorite as much as i did ram um yeah. with respect to rory um and but i just felt it wasn't it was kind of a bit top heavy they're just like a clutch of guys who i could really see winning this and i was trying to pick through them and the first on my list was Corey connors and i was yeah. really disappointed that he opened 20s um, I probably shouldn't be surprised, but you're sort of thinking if, if he's 28 or 33, I might give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't. I thought Matt Fitzpatrick could easily bounce back from a miscut, just like he did at the players the week after at the Valspar. But again, I put him up in in two events, which were definitely suitable at bigger prices this season and didn't really want to take 20. So um, all of which is a circuitous route to Abraham Ansa. Um, by contrast, I think his odds are pretty fair and they've, they've eased out fairly significantly since he was a 20 to one shot and withdrew from Texas. That was due to a back injury. He tries to play through the pain at the Masters, missed the cut wasn't fit, withdrew from the heritage, took some time off and came back last week. Now, I was slightly worried that he'd forced himself to come back and play Mexico. Um, but he said there that his back was fine um, and his ball striking was really, really good. He lost 7.3 strokes around the greens, which is just ludicrous, especially mm. for someone who Brad Faxon once told me he's got the best short game he's ever seen. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those things. If he if he does that again, he, he, he won't be winning. But this is a tournament where um, it really was about fairways and greens. Um, in 2017 and 2018 obviously he does that very very well and um i felt the price was very fair because obviously he shot 62 finished fourth here in 2018 um no match for molinari in the final round but um he's come a long way since so i liked him a lot fair enough and um uh i mean i was close to going with him and like i mean i can mirror a fair bit of what you just said actually because uh, uh corey connors was very much the one from the top who i thought sort of fitted this best but uh uh at, at 20 to 1 I'm, I'm not um i'm not gonna be losing sleep if he wins and i'm not on him at 20 to 1 uh you know with obviously just the one win to his name and and whilst i wasn't as close to looking at fitzpatrick ditto if he gets his maiden win at those those sort of odds or maiden win in america i should say of course um and um uh answer was tempting uh I, I must admit i hadn't done um my digging as well as you had into sort of reading up on the the back problem and, and, and what have you so i was a little bit in the in, in the dark on that front but um he'd obviously been away and coming back at mexico he hadn't uh totally said about his ball striking but he hadn't set set the world alight a and um i guess my other, my other slight concern was would with the sort of Mexico week of, you know, all the media and stuff have taken it out of him a little bit. But, um, you know, it's obviously speculation. And, uh, of course, on the positive side, and what attracted me to him was his uh, accuracy off the tee and his record record here in, in how he performed last time. But, um, 
uh, yeah, so I, I can totally see why you, you, you've gone uh, get, gone with him and ourselves very closer. Uh, and then the other one, you're giving a chance to another man. You, were, I think, were you on him last week? Um, uh, your, your next selection? Yeah, Gary think? Wooden. I've I've put him up in his last three non-major slash players championship starts. So clearly, going back to Modest Mouse and and missed the boat. Um, <laughs> he finished fifth in in two starts in Honda, and I've tipped him in three starts since. And in each of them, he's played really really well. And um, his best has been eighth in Texas when. Um, you know, he had a chance to actually win on Sunday and then messed around, made a six on a par five and um, and finishing a massive tie for eight. Yeah. One of those where, you you know, you wish he hadn't bothered. Um, so <laughs> it, he has tested my patience. And I know, I think right now, after you, the Roman Lungask um, issues this year and, and Rory last year, a lot of people will say, um, you know, I'm probably gone too much towards giving players a few chances um, when I think they're generally heading towards a, a win but what i will say i mean of all the weeks to take off i i tipped jordan speed the last two times he went off 40 to 1 for a golf tournament and then yeah. i went on holiday and he won at 40 to 1 um yeah. it you know it was a steal for anybody who backed him but i, I do think yeah. it's another example that really if, if you do feel a market is underestimating a player um you should test that theory for as long as you really can um and with woodland i do do i do think he's he's slightly underestimated not massively but slightly and he was the same price as Finau last week they're 20 to 1 and 33 to 1 this week they played to a very similar standard from t to green Finau was better but woodland wasn't that far off and um yeah just a quiet friday cost him so i definitely give him another chance i i, I think he is a good fit for this course uh, he, probably more obviously he's a much longer hitter than my other selections but um he's driving the ball really really well at the moment um i think muirfield village is a decent correlation okay. you could argue phoenix is because of kyle stanley now i wouldn't be so sure about that but phoenix okay. is a proper ball striking test uh, in yeah. different ways um and he, he just looks ready to to win again and I, I like the extra determination as well you know he's clearly um come through a very difficult two years since mm -hmm. he won the us open um really bad fitness problems um and i think he'll he'll go close again soon so um for now i'll give him another go yeah do you know interesting i'm going to ask you a question about that and um you, you know you're touching on it sort of um sticking with it give you another chance etc do you start having conversations in your head particularly obviously with the, the you know the amount of readers and followers you have and what have you of sort of hanging on to players for too long or what people might think if you keep putting a player up or would you quite happily if you thought the price is right you'd quite happily put a player up 10 weeks running or something and not even bat an eyelid about it if you thought the odds were right or, or does it start do you start to get into that conversation that we all have which is i can't put him up again you know people will get fed up about that or do you just not bother you i'd love to say it doesn't bother me but it does of course it does you know people people think you're an idiot um yeah. the, the the nature of putting someone up again is that they didn't win or they didn't generally they didn't even place because if they won, if they win or place, their odds go dramatically. I think it's more of a natural inclination to to think, well, thank you, I've I've profited from you. I'll go and try and find my next vehicle. Um, mm. So, if you are putting a player up multiple times, it's generally because you keep getting it or getting them wrong, or they keep playing mm. poorly, or whatever. The, however, you want to phrase it. So, yeah, it does it does uh, sort of weigh on you a little bit. Um, I don't think I'll have done it more than sort of four or five times in a row um this is four with woodland um fortunately we've got you know i'm sure he's um fancies himself for the uspga but i don't think he'll be on my list for that and then we move towards you know some different yeah. events and you know maybe muirfield village i can convince yeah. myself he might win that again but for now this probably be the last one for a while fair enough mainly because he's gonna win 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I hope he's not going to win because I'm hoping my first pick might win. It wouldn't come second, but uh, but uh, my first pick I'm going to roll out is um, Brian Harmon. Uh, and um, I've very much gone down the route of uh, looking at guys who uh, do uh, keep it on the straight and narrow this 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 week as a whole. And, and Brian Harmon, um, who sits in the top 20 in uh, accuracy on tour, is, is very much in that category. And uh, uh, he's been someone who's been knocking on the door for another win on and off for the last um, uh, two two years or so. Uh, and, um, of course, interestingly, and, and I do like these sort of bits of psychology, uh, his last win came when um, uh, this event was last played uh, away from um, Quail Hollow. Now, obviously, completely different course, completely different, no correlation whatsoever, apart from the fact that uh, maybe Brian Harmon will be thinking this week, well, you know, that's, uh, um, I'm sure it's something he'd be asked, that would start being talked about if he uh, was on the leaderboard coming to the weekend and maybe in the back of his mind, you know, I won this the last time it was away from Quail Hollow and uh, a sort of a, an odd double to do, if you see what I mean. So, um, but um, more relevantly, he's um, obviously uh, hitting the ball uh, off the tee uh, uh, really strongly. Uh, his irons um, have been um, uh, the problem this season. He's uh, lowly ranked on tour and approach play, but uh, uh, he improved every day at the Heritage, uh, to, which was his last outing, um, to uh, uh, be gaining um, uh, positively strokes on the tee, off, sorry, in approach on the Sunday. Uh, his putter's still firing. Uh, and, um, uh, of course, uh, he was uh, fifth only recently at the Valspar as well. So he's uh, uh, it's coming in in good nick. Uh, and um, I just think that um, uh, this is a track that could could suit his accuracy. And uh, I, I thought, uh, yeah, he, he was worth giving a chance to uh, uh, get back get back in the winner's enclosure. I like the price at uh, 55 to 1 for eight players. So he's, uh, he, he's my first uh, selection for the week. Um, any thoughts on Harmon? Or should we rattle on to uh, your uh, your next selection, Ben, who I think comes around the, uh, the, the 66 to 1 mark? Or you got a couple actually around the 66 to one mark yeah no i, I, I like Harmon. i like that case you made I, I thought it was a good spot about the sort of fact that he did get better with his approaches and he's he's one of those very volatile with his irons um you know he's produced loads of really good displays after a bad one and yeah, yeah. focusing on the right course fit is definitely the way with a player like Harmon, isn't it you've you've got a you've got a handful of courses yeah. where you'd think he'd be a risk, realistic contender obviously there are some exceptions to that, but um, yeah, I, I can see the temptation. He certainly looked like he might uh, he might get that overdue third win fairly soon. Um, but yes, I'm, I've got a couple in the sixty-six to one range. If if you want me to give you both of those, um, uh, yeah, give, give us both of those, and also give us. I can't believe there is a band who has a name which um, fits in <laughs> fits in perfectly with this week's um, uh, this this week's event. So uh, give give us your two two picks, and maybe in the middle for us in the, uh, your next song selection. Yeah, so I'll, okay, I'll go Joel Darman first. Um, he was one who stood out straight away when I looked at this. Um, you know, he played well here in 2018. He was um, a long way short of the player he is now at the time. He was one of the best iron players in the field. Um, he's a very neat and tidy golfer, kind of an Andrew Landry type. Uh, you know, he's a bit longer than Brian Gaze and Ryan Armors of this world, um, but, a, but a strong driver, uh, kind of a David Lingmuth type, actually. And David Lingmuth um, won here. Uh, uh, 10 years ago, I think, on the yeah. web.com tour as it was at the time. So very similar sort of player. He's been playing really well all year, I think, um, without really getting that much from it. Um, and I guess the the fact that his best performance was at Pebble Beach, which is another course where you don't need to be long. It's more about accuracy and, um, you know, probably fewer wedges this week than there would have been at Pebble Beach, but but a similar test in broad terms. Um, 
and that was where Damon came alive. So I think he has an excellent each way chance. Um, and the, as for the, the the playlist, I will admit um, I I didn't I hadn't heard of these um, before yesterday. But there's a a psych rock band called Wells Fargo, um, who um, and I had a listen. I quite liked it. So I've I've, I've gone with their number one song on Spotify. It's called Watch Out. Um, if I, I'm sure Dave Tindall will like it. So there's at least three of us that will enjoy listening to that. I listened to it earlier and I enjoyed it as well. And uh, uh, I can't um, quite imagine why a band would name themselves after a bank, but uh, uh, maybe the band would before the bank. Well, no, that's where they were because the bank, I'm sure, has been around for many years. But it seems uh, very, very bizarre. I'm sure there's a story to it. So if there's any Wells Fargo fans out there, that's of the band, not the bank, uh, please do uh, let us know. But um, yeah, it's a good listen, so well worth listening to. Yeah, bizarre, utterly bizarre. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> someone can shed some light on it. And um, the other one then is um, is Doug Gim, and I, I know this is probably for a lot of people. Um, like, okay, yeah, Carl Stanley won here. It doesn't mean that Doug Gim's going to win here. Um, you know, bad putting is not a positive, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, nevertheless, um, I. He produced some of his best ball striking. He didn't just hit the ball well last week. That was some of his best numbers on the PGA Tour. Because when you say, oh, Doug Gim hit it well, again, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, obviously he did. He always does. That's not necessarily true. You know, his, his season-long stats are kind of better than average, but not amazing. But he mm. hit it really, really well in Mexico. Of course, that's probably a little bit longer than I think he would have liked. Certainly not as difficult as he would have liked. Um, and... I just saw enough in his uptick in putting on bent grass. He goes from losing about half a stroke per round to about a quarter of a stroke per round. Again, he's still losing strokes, but it, it's an uptick and it ties in with the fact that um, he's from Illinois. He grew up largely, I assume, playing on bent grass greens. He's probably mm. a bit more familiar. He might feel a little bit relieved that they're away from the Paspalum and the Bermuda, which has made up so much of the last three or four months. Um, and he got an invite to play in this tournament um, back in 2018 um when he was still finding his feet um uh, and, and that's a nice little tie-in um for want of a better expression and and just the final thing um victoria national a corn ferry tour venue uh, hosts the corn ferry tour championship at the moment um i think that's a really similar test and it only almost put me on to seamus power actually um but it did put me on um to doug gim he played well there and got his card there a couple of years ago so uh, a few little reasons why he might go well and and it, it's definitely the right course for him so we'll, we'll hope he can just be an average putter for one week yeah, well, I mean, the um, the poor putting Carl Stanley link is one that I've certainly explored as we go on. So, uh, and like you say, just because Carl Stanley won here, it doesn't mean that uh, poor putters are going to win here. But Keegan Bradley uh, performed well here as well. So uh, uh, there's another link on that front. But uh, before we get to uh, my poorer putters, I'm going to go with quite a good putter for my next selection. Uh, and that's um, Troy Merritt. And uh, I've been, I suppose, a little bit like you talked about Gary Woodland. Troy Merritt is a player that uh, has been very much on my radar so far this, this year. I've put him up um, two times, if not three times now, I think, three times. Uh, to be fair, he rewarded us uh, very nicely at three-figure odds uh, at Pebble Beach. Um, 
He had a shocker on Sunday at uh, the, the Valspar when uh, when I was on him, uh, and uh, then he um, uh, very nearly made the frame at Hilton Head. I think when I was on him. So, uh, but um, he certainly uh, co covered himself, as it were, with the uh, performance at, um, at Pebble earlier in the year. But uh, he, again, he's this kind of sort of neat and tidy player. Obviously, putts well, and, and when I mean, he used to be Mister Inconsistent. Uh, he used to be one of those sort of uh, Jim Herman types of players, but he's actually got a lot of consistency into his game. Um, this year, uh, and um, he's, he's yeah, I think he's posted five top 25, six top 25s, even. And uh, um, he, he, he comes to this event uh, uh, on, on a very nice roll. And uh, he won, of course, his maiden tour title, completely uh, different track. Um, but uh, the Quicken Loans uh, back in 2015, but it was only 40 miles or so away from this area, so I'm sure he has very positive vibes getting back up here. Uh, and, um, you know, when he's on, uh, he's accurate, uh, solid off the tee. He was 12th in accuracy, 11th off the tee last time out at Hilton Head. Uh, he, he, he likes a par 70. He's performed well at uh, TPC River Highlands before, which uh, is another sort of, uh, obviously, TPC track and par 70 and, and not a million miles away from this part of the world. So... At sixty-six to one, I just thought he was—he uh, he was worth another chance. So uh, uh, that's that's Troy Merritt for me. Is, is he a player? I know you've not put him up at all, but is he a player who's been on your radar at all, all this year, or do you think he's sort of he's someone you'd rather back at one hundred and fifty to one when he's bang out of form and but can pop up uh, at a big 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 odds uh, on the type of track he likes? Or has he been on your radar much? He, he's not been on my radar except for seeing his name in your previews quite a lot. And... <laughs> And and that's always like I, I you know I don't read everything um, about golf you, you you know you wouldn't get anything else done would you but yeah. um, I do look at certain other previews and I, th I think it can help you sometimes and and therefore when I see a guy like him you know recurring in in whether it's yours or Dave's or you know whoever else um, it makes me think oh, what what are they seeing that perhaps I'm not yeah. um, and so I yeah but I've not, I've not put him up for quite a long time I think. Um, but he's one of those I've I've never really got right, so it's to your benefit that I've not put him up. I think. Yeah, as I say, I'm, I'm not. Um, he doesn't owe me anything. Obviously, he performed well. None of us anything. Obviously, yeah, but um, he, he um, performed very nicely at Pebble. So that's uh, you, know, you know, if I'm not on him again this year after this week, uh, uh, he'll he'll have proved um, a good man to be on this year. But uh, I've just got a hunt. Something good's coming from him. Uh, he's, he's obviously got two wins, and uh, uh, I can see uh, win win number three coming. So uh, before we rattle on to the the next set of picks. I'm mindful, well, because we're focusing on um, the uh, Wells Fargo event this week. Of course, we got the first big event on UK soil, the uh, the British Masters. And uh, I know your preview's not out yet, Ben, so I won't be, ask you to sort of give us any selections because that that would be unfair. Because obviously that'll come out tomorrow, uh, tomorrow morning, I'm assuming. But uh, uh, overall, what are your hopes for for the week? And um, uh, yeah, what 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 are you uh, looking forward to in it? And uh, what um, might uh, might you have a song for us on it as well uh, in honour of the British Masters? Yeah, I mean, firstly, it's great to get some golf in the UK, and hopefully, you know, 25, 30 quid a ticket, they they sell a fair few yeah. of those, um, and that is that is a, a not so vague criticism of uh, the other tournament in the I, UK. I like don't understand that at all. Just uh, digressing ever so slightly. I mean, what what are they attempting to achieve with that? It's almost like they don't want people to go. But anyway, yeah, well, some some someone claiming to be smart um, tells me that they never wanted people to come anyway. It's you know they don't care about the little people they're all about 
you know, elite. And I'm, well, okay, but if they want to go down that route, then they have to stop talking about growing the game. Surely, I mean, growing the game yeah. is letting people come in for free, which is what I would have done if I was in charge of this miserable yeah. operation. But there we are. Um, so, what were what were we asking? British, British masters. masters. What, yeah, what, um, what yeah, yeah, it's nice to have golf in the UK. Um, the Belfry, I think, is an underwhelming golf course, but it's at least one when you watch it. You know, you know the holes and and all those things. You know, you got the drivable tenth and the the, the drama of the last few holes. Mm. Um, some painful memories for me after Martin Kymer didn't win there in 2020. But um, yeah, um, I think I'll, I'll say this. I, I think one of the really significant things about the Belfry last year was that. Um, Everybody in the top 10 gained strokes off the tee. Everybody in the top 10 gained strokes with their approaches. And it was the smallest, I believe, the smallest percentage of total strokes gained came around the greens. Richard Bland lost strokes on the greens. Proper Parkland ball striking test. Um, you know, no secret that Kamer uh, almost won there and Adrian Moronk almost won there because both of those are rubbish around the greens. But it's generally just thick, rough, a bit of hit and hope. And, um yeah, it sort of levels the playing field. So uh, you'll see some strong ball strikers in the staking plan, that's fair to say. Um, for a song, I've again taken the mickey a little bit because um, British Sea Power are no longer called British Sea Power. They're called Sea Power um, because they felt um, the British element um, was they, they were uncomfortable with it for, the, for their yeah. own reasons. Anyway, um, I, I saw them at a festival before the pandemic in 2020, a festival they curated um, in the Lake District. Um, and they were fabulous. Um, and they, they're a band that I always was aware of. I think I saw them when I was about 16 when they supported the Strokes in Cardiff. And I um, I, I liked them, but I didn't love them. And then I saw them at this festival. And, and since then, I've loved them. Um, and yeah, I've gone with Carry On, one of their best songs, in my opinion. Um, so there we are. Excellent. Uh, a band, I, I one of those bands that I've always sort of, what I've heard of, sort of quite liked, but I've never, you know, bought or downloaded as the modern phrase would be any of the, any of their stuff but um yeah so i'm looking forward to listening to that uh for my next pick uh as we move on coming back to uh wells fargo and um i've bitten or um taken the bite shall we say on the uh the course jolly uh this week uh who is um sun kang uh now um Anyone who's looked uh, and started doing their research over the weekend into this event would have uh, picked up very quickly on the fact that uh, Kang's played here three times and has posted three top eight finishes. So uh, he was um, the worst finish was uh, back in the um, uh, the Mid Atlantic Neediest Kids event on the uh, um, Web.com tour as it was back then, and then uh, he's posted fifth and third at the. Uh, Quick and Loans event over the two years, uh, and in fact, three top six finishes because he was six at the uh, uh, the web.com event. So, so for whatever reasons, and I don't really know what the reason is, because um, you wouldn't necessarily see it as being a perfect fit for him. But Sung Kang loves this track, and I probably would imagine when this was uh, brought up as being back on the tour again, he was probably the happiest player alongside Molinari, maybe to uh, uh, I suppose Carl Stanley to see it back on the schedule. Um, now. I wasn't really sure what to, price to expect from him this this week, and I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd been in two-figure odds, you know, sort of 80 to 1 or something like that because of the course form. But 
Obviously, his recent form has been pretty awful, uh, and um, uh, hence uh, there's 125 to one available for eight places. But he's always been the type of player who can pop up out of nowhere on a course he likes. He's done that on numerous occasions over the years, including here uh, when he was third um, the year after being fifth. Uh, he um, did actually show some positive signs last weekend when he broke, or last week when he broke a run run of missed cuts. Uh, he showed some positive stuff uh, in, in Mexico. Uh, he finished um, uh, the week um, uh, pretty nicely from the point of view of his uh, uh, approach play in Tita Green. He was ranked 17th in approach play and 26th from Tita Green. So, uh, and his best uh, best day again. Um, I talked about Brian Harmon last time out. His best day came on Sunday. So you you would like to think um, his best day from the point of view of his ball striking, not his score, came on Sunday. So you'd like to think that uh, he, he would be coming up to sort of Maryland in good spirits and. Uh, um, yeah, we know he can win a golf tournament. Uh, we know he loves this venue. And with those sort of nice signs last week, uh, uh, I just thought he was um, uh, worth worth risking at the odds. Um, was was the, the, the carrot dangle of 125 to 1 tempting to you at all? Or do you just think, nah, he, he can't do it again? Uh, not massively, I'll be honest. But at least, you know, it, I, it's nice to see that his iron play was so good last week. Um, so I... Yeah, I definitely not one I'd put a line through. He, he actually played quite well at the Zurich as well. I'd, there's a lot of, it can be quite hard to weed through all that yeah. or wade, wade through it all rather because um, John Hur on the scorecard carried him. But there are actually, when you look closer at the scorecard, like John Hur's made a, for example, 15 foot birdie putt and Kang only had three feet and therefore Kang doesn't get the birdie. So I, I, it's not always as simple as as the scorecard. And in round one of the Zurich, he, he probably shot five under his own ball as well. So yeah, there've been a, enough signs to take a chance when you got that course form. But yeah, he wasn't he wasn't really on my radar, no. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I, I just thought, um, yeah, he, he... It was it was worth risking on me at the odds, and uh, of course it may well be the run the run comes to an end at the venue, but uh, uh, I'm hoping it'll just bring that spark back to him again. Um, I'll throw in one more of mine before we get to your last selection, Ben, and um, another one who certainly uh, showed something out of nowhere on a course that you really wouldn't have thought. You know, if you pick one course on the PGA Tour not to suit, it would have been last week is uh, Ch Ches Reevy. And um, the more I sort of delved into Ches Reevy with his. Uh, um, not only his uh, uh, nice finish last week, but his, his sort of performances on these these types, of course. Uh, I felt he was someone I wanted to give the benefit of that to. That sort of last week wasn't a case of sort of uh, one swallow, as it as it were. Uh, and um, yeah, so. Talking about his performance last week, first of all, he, he finished 13th. Uh, his approach play, which has, has been, again, the shocking performance uh, uh, or shocking side of his performance this season, um, he actually finished 12th for the week, ranked in his approach play. Uh, obviously, it's his accuracy off the tee, which... Uh, um, is his staple diet, as it were, but um, he's been struggling really second shot and in. I mean, he's one of the shortest off the tee, so uh, he, he's been struggling with his approach play and struggling on, on the greens. Uh, but um, this is always his type of test. Uh, again, he's um, uh, performed very well, of course, at TPC River Highlands, where his last win came. Uh, he's got um, some really good finishes uh, at TPC Southwind, uh, obviously another par 70 and links ni nicely to answer who have been talking about earlier uh he's also got a couple of top fives at tpc scottsdale which uh again you mentioned earlier ben is a uh a course that potentially you know might fit along nicely here um and interestingly he's also performed well at riviera which for whatever reason um well it's not necessarily a course you'd link link to here it's uh um 
it uh, links uh, certainly pretty nicely to Kang because it's a, a venue that Kang has um, performed very well at as, as, as well. So uh, so the more I looked at Reevy, the more I thought, okay, well, last week could be a flash in the pan. Um, but um, uh, if he's going to carry it on, this would be the type of track that you would expect him to carry it on. on. And um, uh, we know from Reevy from years gone by, when he gets in a little bit of a role, he can string some decent finishes together so um i've actually gone with the 10 places for ches Revi at 125 to 1 um and uh it's uh one point each way for me hit there so um uh again i know i'm asking about all my picks ben i like i like you reinforcing my point of view somewhere <laughs> so, um, did, did you pick up any of those sort of tpc links other tracks with Revi, or did he did he pass you by this week at all or, um, completely passed me by Fair completely enough. passed me by but now you know now it, it makes sense you know it all makes sense and the the other thing i'd say about chairs is and and sorry you may have you may have mentioned this in your preview but um generally speaking he, he's better on the sort of bent and power power and bent yeah, uh, yeah. you know um, blend um so you know i remember when he should have won at tpc boston um which would be fairly similar in in some respects obviously uh did win at river islands as you mentioned so yeah i can see why it's a it's a pretty good uh a pretty good track for him and and showing a bit of form but i'm, I'm really interested to see how this straight hitter thing fares because um i can see in front of me on the leaderboard everything that we've both argued um but i could, there's just an also a bit in my mind where i'm thinking when i look at the scorecard of this course i think it should probably suit someone who's a bit longer um, because there are a heck of a lot of 470 yard par fours, you know, where you got to hit driver mid iron, um, unless you're one of the longer hitters, when you can probably get away with an eight, nine, even a wedge. So it'd be interesting to see how that goes, because so far the there's definitely been an above accurate, uh, above average uh, tilt towards the the accurate players, and I hope it continues because that's kind of how I've gone, uh, and and yourself as well. Um, Absolutely. And uh, of course, the other um, benefit of picking Ches Reevee is I can make a tenuous musical play on Ches Reevee. So, uh, not I'm Chesney gonna... Hawks, please no. No, no, not Chesney Hawks. No, no, no. I didn't even think of Chesney Hawks. No, uh, no, I'm actually, um, and uh, this is in a minute when you're going to tell me I'm remembering my uh, schoolboy French completely wrong, but um, uh, isn't Ches or Shay, as it's pronounced differently, the French, French word for house? Am I imagining that? Or C H E Z? Yes. Yes, think yeah, it yeah. Is. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. I think it is. Shay, yeah, like at, at yeah. the house of Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shay you or whatever. Yeah, so of course, completely different pronunciation, but same same spelling as how Ches spells his Ches. So on that basis, I'm going to throw in some House of Love, um, uh, who uh, obviously um, are uh, another of those uh, uh, bands who played guitars back in the early 90s. I'd be putting on every week if, uh, uh, if it was just me picking the music. But um, I'm going to put on um, I Don't Know Why I Love You by The House of Love. And uh, uh, so I do know why I love Ches this week because of all the reasons I've given. Uh, but um, yeah, so uh, I don't know, a band you ever come across, um, T Terry Bickers and uh, House of Love at all? Uh, no, I'm just relieved you didn't say House of Pain. So no. um, yeah, very, very uh, different. Um, House of Love, they've got some great, great tracks. And um, I am, uh, spoiler alert, uh, uh, and people can quote me on this when we get to it later in the year. When we get to uh, the RSM Classic, there will definitely be some House of Love on in honour of uh, uh, Davis Love and his bar barbecues. But um, uh, this week I'm going with I Don't Know Why I Love You by the House of Love, which um, is a cracking tune and well worth a listen. So I believe you've got one um, one pick left. Am I right in saying, Ben? Um, two, I'm afraid. Two, two. two. sorry. I, I can see why you get confused because they are 
are both called Brandon. They um, are, yes. Sorry, yes. <laughs> Woo um, without giving it away. So, indeed. Uh, yeah. So I'll start with Brandon Wu. I, I've written this in my preview. Um, you know, there, there's a generally, if you're tipping someone who finished second the week before, you are accepting um, a considerably shorter price. And, it, and in this case, a shorter price in a better field. And that is um, is not something I would do often. Um, and as well, like, you, you know, you want that far from missing the cut and he's had a brilliant weekend. Um, so uh, I did I did think twice, but then the more I thought, you know, I, if, if we're right about the accuracy thing, he's a brilliant ball striker. Mm. When I looked at his stats from last week, there was real substance to the numbers. Don't have him in front of me. But I'm, I'm sure he was about 11 strokes gained ball striking alone. Um, a bit like Anse, he was very poor around the greens, putted fine um, and obviously came up a shot short. Um He's played, I, I put him up at Puerto Rico 80 to 1 now. Again, that sort of begs the question, well, can you put him up in this much better event at the same price? But I think he's he's clearly improving. Something has clicked. He's spoken about how free he feels now that um, his card is pretty much secure. Um, and so all that was 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 right there. And then I, I sort of, it dawned on me that he'd won it. Victoria National, which mm. I'd already convinced myself was a potentially good guide. Unfortunately, it's not a guide that you can put to much use because there are not that many players um, in this field who've played at Victoria National and therefore even fewer who've played well there. But he won there. Um, his his sole pro win today in terms of tall level golf. And um, if it is a good guide, I, you know, it's a tough, long ball striking test where accuracy seemed to be more useful than you might think. So yeah, hopefully he can, uh, he can build on last week and he certainly would have left Mexico feeling great. I mean, it wasn't one of those, you, you, any regret really about finishing second. Yeah. Is, is he, um, and I'm going from memory here uh, and there's obviously two, two woos um, uh, on the tour or sort of all, but on the tour at the moment, um, is he the Illinois woo or is it the other woo? Who's the Illinois Wu? The other Wu is the Illinois Wu. Right. Uh, Brandon Wu um, grew up down the road from Wingfoot in, uh, right. in New York, but uh, went to Stanford, had a great right. career at Stanford. But I think for both of them, you know, certainly I, I um, and Dylan is playing as well this week, and, and he's yeah. shown some decent signs lately. For mm. both of them, again, I can I can buy that logic that getting away from the south and the southeast mm. in particular, you know, with the uh, it, there's a bit there's a mix you get the odd the odd tournament on bent grass obviously we've had some paspalum um certainly in puerto rico where he played second uh, finished second and you could mm-hmm. definitely argue that paspalum seems to be a good thing for him because he was second again at the weekend but i do think um getting back up to to some bent grass greens for him um anyone who's who's sort of from further up like joel damon who was from yeah uh, the other washington washington state um mm-hmm. i i do think it could be a, a source of improvement for any of them yeah, uh, and I can't believe you didn't pick some two for him. You know, as in woohoo, as in oh yeah, there you go. Could have been an option. Could have could been. Could have been an option. But I'm showing me me indie nineties um, pop <laughs> angle again. You see, so maybe um, on my fourth or fifth appearance, should you know you um, invite me back on, um, <laughs> I'll stop just trying to tell everybody who my favourite bands are because that's essentially what I've done with my selections so far. Um, well, that's what but, it's all about: getting your music picks on so you want to get on. But yeah, uh, be as selfish <laughs> as you like. So uh, yeah, but um, yeah, I feel to say it was up to me. We sort of if I was picking every week, we'd probably have Catherine Wheel and uh, sort of um, Adorable and Ride and uh, so all the other early nineties uh, um, indie bands. But um, yeah. Um, your other Brandon, I'm digressing. Tell us about your other Brandon. Yeah, well, I could have gone with um, with Supergrass here for for um, Brandon Grace, um, who um, I I kind of thought might be on your radar. Actually, um, he he 
was mid-pack in the heritage, but he hit the ball really well, mm. and he hasn't been. He's been driving it really well, um, yeah. but his iron play has been really scratchy for a long time. Yeah, um, that's why he's fallen down the rankings. It's why, um, from 108th in the world rankings, he needs to climb. Theoretically, needs to climb uh, to the top 100 to get an invite for the US PGA. And uh, we're kind of used to Brandon Grace being in all the big events, and um, it, at the moment, um, he's not in that. Um, now, their their qualification criteria. It may well be that he gets invited if he if he stays about where he is. But I, yeah. I'm sure he'll go into this week thinking, if I can get a top ten, I, I'll get a a PGA start. Bigger picture, absolutely no doubt. His focus is on making the Presidents Cup. If you if you remember, he missed out on Royal Melbourne, um, yeah. which you know you'd have made him a certainty for that team. And so yeah. poor was his play that he that he missed out. He doesn't want to miss it again. Trevor Immelman, the captain as well. So, yeah. um, you know. He 100% wants to be on that team. He mentioned it when he played well with Garrick Higo in the Zurich Classic. Um, Higo played really well that week, but you know Grace very much the talisman for that team. Um, but but as I say, the ball striking shown in the Heritage before that was the real encouragement. And but you combine those two weeks, and um, yeah, suddenly um, it, there there are some green shoots of recovery. Um, a tough course um, that's a bit of a grind is obviously kind of up his street. Yeah. Um, he isn't the most accurate for one who isn't a massive hitter, but certainly he's he's played a lot of good golf on courses where accuracy is one of the the most important mm-hmm. things, such as Harbour Town, obviously. Um, so there was, I thought there was really quite a lot to like, and I, I was just a bit worried that he's kind of it's a bit flimsy. Um, two two tournaments as as quirky as Harbour Town and a pairs event, mm-hmm. um, but he's a class act, isn't he? So I don't mind well, one. Yeah, that's always the thing about. It. I mean, you, you get players, of course. You know, if you're on. Um, uh, uh, no, Spectre Brandon Wu, and uh, he's obviously got a little bit about him. But you're on you're on Brandon Wu at sort of eighty to one, or, or what have you, coming into the weekend, and and uh, uh, he's up against Rory or uh, you know Gary Woodland in the final three ball on Sunday or something. You, you're not, you, you know, you're more going in with hope rather than expectation, aren't you? But um, uh, with, with Brandon Grace, if he's playing well and in that position, you, you know with certainty he can win, which is obviously great great for a 100-to-1 shot. So, yeah, I, I take your point. It's always a good thing about a player like him when he's at, uh, uh, at big odds. Um, one last pick for me, uh, and uh, this is where we come back to the uh, bad putters, good ball strikers. And uh, uh, I, I guess if there's one rookie on tour this season who you think perhaps uh, uh, might be uh, sitting in the uh, Carl Stanley mode, and that's not just with, with the beard he seems to be sporting, and that's um, uh, Hayden Buckley, uh, who, uh, of course, is um, a bit of a you know, sort of uh, certainly off the tee, uh, uh, a very strong bit of a machine um, in the top uh, 20 in accuracy on tour. Uh, he's, he's 26 um, in good old-fashioned greens in regulations. Uh, he's 14th off the tee. Uh, but um, as soon as he gets on the green, that's when it all goes horribly wrong. Uh, but... Um, I just have a feeling this could again be his type of test. Of course, you know, I was looking down the Carl Stanley route, uh, looking at the fact that uh, accuracy here does seem to be important. Uh, uh, he um, he played some good stuff last week. He opened up uh, strongly. Uh, he was 66 in putting for the week, so not not good again, but the ball striking was, was decent there. Uh, and then I found myself um, uh, looking at his finishes that he's had, his strong finishes he has had on tour this season, um, obviously his debut season, and... To, to be fair, they all came obviously either before Christmas or at the beginning of the year, and uh, we, we've got a good performance on a par seventy at the Sony. Uh, but um, the one that um, 
caught my eye once I sort of went down a bit of a rabbit hole was the Sanderson Farms. And uh, I don't know if you looked at that at all, Ben, or if it's one of the, I mean, probably completely something and nothing and something I've just made up a, uh, almost got made up the narrative in my head once I decided I liked him. But I started looking at the Sanderson Farms uh, and I saw that there was a connection for whatever reason to uh, this this course with the players who performed well there. So we got Ryan Armour, uh, who um, won the Sanderson Farms and was runner-up here to Molinari. Um, the runner-up to Ryan Armour at the Sanderson Farms, if you're still with me, was Chesson Hadley, who's uh, posted two top 10 finishes here. So that led me to look more at leaderboards of recent Sanderson Farms who performed well there uh, and saw that... Um, Landry obviously has played well there. Uh, Bronson Bagoon has performed well there. Uh, and they both had high finishes here in, the, in that sort of um, couple of year period where the Quicken Loans was here. Um, uh, Sergio's won on both tracks now, very different beast of a track back in 2005 when it was the old Booz Allen uh, event. Uh, God, we could have got some drinking songs in as well, Ben, couldn't we? Because the old <laughs> Booz Allen link could have had a. Um, that Chumba Wumba song or whatever, but um, uh, but uh, anyway, um, yeah. So uh, um, Sergio's won on both courses. Uh, Keegan Bradley's performed well on both tracks. So so that brought me to um, uh, Caden Buckley even more because uh, of course he uh, posted a fourth place finish at uh, Sanderson Farm. So um, yeah, that was my logic on Keegan. Uh, not Keegan, uh, Hayden Buckley. Um, it was um, that Sanderson Farms. Is that something you'd sort of stumbled into at all, or it, it, it... It, it is, but sort of by mistake because um, when we come to the Sanderson Farms, um, believe it or not, one of the courses I think is a really good guide, and I, I won't be able to recall it all now. Um, but um, is Victoria National, which I mentioned yeah. a few times now. So Victoria okay. National, Cody Gribble, and I think Cody Gribble lost to Seamus Power there when he hit his wedge on the last hole into water. Um, but they've been both of them. Gribble obviously won the Sanderson Farms at a huge yeah. price, um, and there were loads of others that tie those two together, um, which is which, which always interests me during the Sanderson Farms. So therefore, um, it makes sense to sort of complete the triangle. Um, and as it happens, just to finish that off, Hayden Buckley was fourth at Victoria National um, right. in 2021. Okay. So <laughs> hopefully okay. um, hopefully that works out for you. But yeah, I can. Um, I, I love stuff like that, as, as you'll know, and as your readers will will know you do as well, and, and some of them will know that I do. And, you know, it's, it's a big part of the fun because I'm, I'm a big believer. Like I, it, sometimes you think, oh, it looks completely different or the grass is completely different or whatever, but it, it doesn't have to matter i don't think um the some of these connections um i would be wary of like drawing them you know without really being sure of uh, you know more than you know some people say oh do you notice um oh spieth's played well at these three courses yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's jordan spieth mate um, he's really good um but when you're talking about players like cody gribble who've barely played well anywhere and ryan armor who very mm -hmm. rarely pops up in the top 10 i, I think it absolutely um for for reasons we may not be able to explain um mm -hmm does help to to unravel golf tournaments um i think the the best way you can get an edge in 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 golf betting is um to have a better understanding of what's going to be required that week than a bookmaker would have time to even think about so um yeah yeah good luck to you yeah uh, thank you very much and um likewise good luck to you obviously so uh but uh yeah hayden buckley that's my last selection for the week and i'm taking him like i'm with ches Reevy. um i'm going for the 10 places so 150 to 1 um for the 10 places with uh, hayden buckley so uh so i think that pretty much wraps up our 
selections. Um, and um, uh, have I missed any of your? Because uh, my brain's all over the place tonight. Ben, have I missed any of your musical picks, or have we? Uh, um, have we gone through your five five picks? Uh, no, we we've we are all there. Um, all so thank you for humouring me again. I hope um, I hope they go down well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they will. Um, look, I always listen to the playlist uh, when I'm walking the dog on a Tuesday morning, so I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, and um, so of course we have the uh, listener free bet song pick. So as always, we've had some excellent suggestions, and I'm just going to pull them all up now so that I've got them here. So, um, do bear with me. Uh, and. Um, uh, John Everett, thank you, John. Um, you've gone with Cowboy Song by Thin Lizzy for Wells Fargo. So um, uh, thank you for that suggestion. Uh, Chris Hardiman, you went with Follow Me by Rory Gallagher um, for the Rory selection for uh, obviously everyone who will be following Rory this week. Uh, thank you, Chris. Um, uh, I don't know the song and I should be listening to it on Spotify uh, or trying to find it on Spotify. Um, and what else have we got? Uh, a few others here. Uh, yes, we've got um, Oh, You Win Again by the Bee Gees. Uh, thank you, A.R. Thompson. Uh, and um, um, McNulty has come up with So Let Me Go Far um, by uh, Dodgy. Uh, but uh, this week I am going to go, it's another Spanish connection, and it is now, who picked the song? It is Gary Wilde. Uh, straightforward selection. It is Spain by the Stranglers. Uh, so thank you, Gary. Thanks for sending your selection in. And um, you get a £5 free bet. I'll be messaging you uh, about that. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and um, I think, Ben, that pretty much covers it. If you just want to um, uh, give us um, your selections again, that would be great. So uh, just remind us who you're on. Yeah, so it's uh, Abe Answer, Gary Woodland, Joel Damon, Doug Gim, Brandon Wu, and Brandon Grace. Uh, so, yeah, one of those six, hopefully, in the mix on Sunday, I'll be happy enough. Marvellous. And uh, my picks, um, Brian Harmon, Troy Merritt, uh, Sung Kang, Ches Reevy, and Hayden Buckley, with the last two, the first three all being for eight places each way, the last two being uh, ten places each way. Um, just before um, I ask you to remind everyone of your musical selections, uh, the um, pod next week, uh, I've got uh, a new new name to um, some of you. I'm sure a lot of you will follow him on, on Twitter. He's put up some great selections, and he's having a flying season this evening this season so I, I think he's about 200 plus points up on it on his weekly picks he puts up and it's uh adam watson uh add the villain uh he's an aston villa fan but we won't hold that against him so uh adam's going to be joining us next week to preview the byron nelson so i'm really looking forward to having adam on uh hear what um what he thinks of that event as we lead up of course to the year's second major the pda championship so uh and your musical picks ben um for the playlist uh, if you could remind everyone with what we've gone with there Oh, goodness me. Okay, we, we have Broken Social Scene, um, Shoreline. Um, we had Marry Me by St. Vincent. Uh, Miss the Boat by Modest Mouse. Uh, Carry On by British Sea Power. And, of course, Watch Out by Wells Fargo. Talking to Carry On, um, oh, I was very impressed. You're, you're part of a Carry On fan club as well, aren't you? We had a good old chat. Did you hear the pub with Matt Cooper the other week when we were talking about the Carry Ons and his uh, his Charles Hawtrey um, uh, pilgrimage? Because I believe he's, uh, I saw him today, was he at Lytham doing a Les Dawson pilgrimage or something like that? Or did I, did he's I, an absolute yeah. maverick, Matt, and, uh, and a fabulous yeah. guest for your podcast. But um, yeah, most, I'll, I'll confess, most of that sort of stuff, when I, I stayed at Portrush in a house with him, uh, Dave Tyndall and Nick Metcalf, and um, 
yeah, most of it was over my head. I'm afraid because despite appearances, I'm I'm a good deal younger um, than, than those three. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm probably not um, anywhere near in the that sort of league. Uh, I, I'm certainly not as good a storyteller as Matt. Um, so yeah, it's a good guess to get. And if I ask you if you're top, there's no point me asking if you're top three carry on films. Then that would be uh, uh, a is, is, there a carry, is there a carry on golfing? Uh, there isn't a carry on golfing. Um, uh, but uh, have you seen uh, talking of which? Have you seen? Um, uh phantom of the open yet no matt recommended it dave and i discussed going to see it but um we just play snooker instead so uh no i haven't but uh did i i gather you saw it and enjoyed it right uh, i did see it i took the wife it's the sort of film you can um take your uh lady partner to even though it's uh you've not uh, met about, mine have you yeah, no. well, but it's, it's about <laughs> golf but it's not about golf it's uh it's a good it's a good um feel good comedy film so uh uh i i'd recommend uh yeah well, well worth going to see it's really good um mark um riders is really good in it so uh well well worth a watch um as a as a back um, back catalogue of carry-on films if you ever get the chance and uh, start with carry-on camping because that's the uh, um, that I guess is um, the sort of um, yeah the holy grail of carry-on films or at least to me anyway so um, and my songs on the playlist uh, back to the playlist my songs on the playlist um, I've just got the two selections this week which are Spanish Bombs by The Clash uh, and uh, I Don't Know Why I Love You by The House of Love uh, and then of course we've got uh, the listener pick um, Spain by The Strangle so I think, uh, as they say, that is a wrap. So, Ben, um, remind everyone, I'm sure everyone knows where they can find you, but just remind them where, where they can find you again, in case anyone new listening. Uh, at Ben Curley Golf on Twitter and sportinglife.com forward slash golf, although obviously you should read the other stuff as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I'm um, you'll find me at Sundog Monkey uh, and uh, at the Golf Alter Pod. Please do follow the pod on Twitter as well. Uh, and please do, if you have time, give us a review on um, Apple. Uh, that really helps to grow um, the pod, um, you know, reviews, ratings, etc. Uh, and um, you can also find me doing the Sunday column preview in the final round for Sporting Life um, as well. So um, ben, thank you so much for joining us. Been a pleasure as always. And uh, I promise you can pick your favorite bands again if you come on again in the future. So um, thank you so much. Been wonderful. Sounds good. Thanks, Martin. And, uh, and yeah, uh, good luck this week. Brilliant. And you, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, um, don't forget to turn the music up loud. Good luck with your bets and see you all again next week. Good night. <laughs>